Welcome to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving our kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and definitely messy stories. In this podcast, we'll hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. I really enjoyed this conversation with my friend Josh Keller. He's one of the nicest guys I know. I even tried to press him to get a little dirt out of him. It wasn't anything there. Uh, but he talked a lot about discipline and three rules that his family has. Only three rules for his kids. So check out this conversation. I know you'll enjoy it because this dude is passionate about being a father. Some other awesome news is the next project for Rebel and Create is going to be announced on November 4th. We'll be starting a Kickstarter campaign and we'll need all of your support to make this project happen. I'm so excited about it. So today, this episode is launching on October 28th, 2019. And if you're hearing it uh, during the month of November 2019, go check out the Kickstarter campaign or go check us out on social media so you can follow all that Rebel and Create is doing to redefine fatherhood. Tonight, it is 9.21 on a Thursday, it's feeling like the end of the week, and I got my good friend Josh Keller in the office. What's up? How are you? I'm great. Yeah? Yeah, excited to be joining the podcast. This is fun. (laughs) Dude, yes. Before we wrap a little bit, just talk about life and work, we're both in the same industry, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. But uh, it's the kind of industry that your kids like disinvite you from. <laughs> like, don't come to career day, dad. Yeah. You work in insurance. <laughs> my kid, my kid dressed up for uh, what my neighbor is for, for career day. I'm like, just want to give my neighbor the finger. Cool, man. Thanks for being a hero. <laughs> hey, dad, how do I dress up for you? How do I dress up like you for, for Halloween? Oh, here, son, you put on this lame suit, which you only have to wear every once in a while. <laughs> Let's draw a little mustache on you. And oh. then just get ready to hear no. You can't have candy at any of those doors. <laughs> You're going to hear no at everyone. Just just, just ask them if they'd like to buy an insurance policy. See what their, what their reaction is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, okay, man. so Josh and I are both in insurance, but we both love being dads. And so I know we've Absolutely. been excited to just get together and talk about fatherhood because it is something that we both feel passionate about. Yep. Yeah. So... <clears throat> We've known each other for probably six, seven years. Yeah, I think it is going on probably around there, which yeah. is which is pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, and let's give people a little understanding of who you are. So, the blast. How old are you? Uh, I just turned thirty-nine. Ooh, I know. Nice. I'm I'm at the point in in my years where I I have traded in all of my moving favors, so I don't owe anybody. And so if you ask me to help you move, the answer is no. It's over. It's done. I'm done. I'm... That's a good place to be. Oh, it feels great. You don't have a truck, so you don't because <laughs> no. you it, have the truck. And if I did have a truck, it'd be broken down on every weekend you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, okay, 39. How long have you been married? Uh, 15 years. Yeah, 15 years. And it's, man, it's been awesome. I tell you what, like, of course, like marriage is is you know never a perfect thing but um i always feel really fortunate my wife and i have had a fairly uh, uneventful marriage in the sense of 
we really like being around each other. Uh, we, you know, I don't feel like there's been a lot of times where we've, we've been at odds. Most of the time we're on the same team and that's, you know, that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like it's a good thing to brag about, uh, you know, knock on wood. I want that to continue. Um, so what's the but, success behind that? Why is that? Man, you know, I, I think we just, we're talking all the time, right? We're making each other a priority. Um, how do you make somebody, how do you make your wife a priority? Uh, you know, I, I, how'd you make your wife a priority this week? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I really haven't this week. I've sucked at it this week, to be honest. <laughs> okay. There so we go. We knew you thanks weren't Thanks for making guy. me feel bad. <laughs> and when she listens to this podcast, she'll be like, what day was that? Yeah, he did suck that okay, week. Okay, last week. Um, well, let me just put it in a hole because maybe last week wasn't very good either. No. Uh, I need a practical daily application. Thank you. No, I, you know, when our kids ask us, like, who do you love the most? And I say, well, you know, I love all you guys. I, I love you guys, but... Look, I, I love your mom first, mm. right? You mean your mom are on the same team. And I, I legitimately, I, I of course love my kids. I have plenty of room for everybody. But like this relationship that I have with my wife is, is so important to the two of us that, um, you know, we're not ashamed to say like, hey, uh, I love your mom. Like it's different. I kind of love her more, <laughs> but so, I love you guys a ton. You so know what does I mean? it mean to love your wife more than your kid? It's just, you know, that this, like this relationship, like our relationship together is so critical to the success of our family, right? Um, that this needs to be working really well so that I can be a good dad, right? Yep. No, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. But how do you practically make your relationship with your spouse above, just for lack of a different word, yeah, your kids? So let me give you some examples of why I think it's hard for people to do. Sure. Okay. Then I'll give you some examples of why. No, oh, you better take I, us up. I blow you up. <laughs> uh, two jobs. Okay. Sometimes you got dual dual jobs. A husband and wife both oh, working. Yeah, and just FYI. So my wife is, she owns her own little design business. She's also the art teacher at my kid's school. She's got other and, stuff. Okay. Oh, dude, she's got. So then hella you've stuff. got work. She's got work. It's wake up, freaking get to school, get to work. Everybody's yeah. gone doing their thing. Yeah. Get back three thirty, four thirty, five thirty. Maybe sure. some sports. Maybe some extra stuff. Maybe we get down to sit down for dinner. Yeah. Eight thirty. You're getting the kids in bed. And then you're tired. Oh yeah. Okay, so that's kind of a day for people. Sure. And I didn't and mean to paint I mean, it so glorious, that's, but it just came out that way. That's the day. <laughs> I mean, that's the day. So how in that day do you make your spouse yeah. your priority in this dang squeaky chair? You know what, man? Uh, like it would be it would be disingenuous to, for me to say that, you know, I do a really good job of this every day. But, you know, I really try hard, by the way, to make sure that my wife knows on a daily basis that I love her. How do you do right? that? Sometimes it's just, uh, obviously I tell her, right? Um, how? Like I, you I just tell her verbally. I say, Hey, I love you. Okay. <laughs> and so it's as simple as that. Sometimes I, uh, you know, um, just send her a text message random randomly, you know, during the day. Sometimes I just give her a call. And I think this is really funny cause she, she still gets surprised by this, which I think is cool. Um, but I'll just call her and say, Hey, how you doing? What's, what's up with your day? 
And um, and she's like, what else are you calling for? I'm not calling for anything. I just wanted to check in on you, see how you're doing, tell you I love you, right? And so so sometimes it's those simple things. And then, you know, my wife, Melissa, and I are very fortunate because we're able to do, we have family nearby. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to do like date nights and focus in on one another and um you know that's that's great and we're able to do those pretty regularly so, so. how regularly see now we're just doing the opening and Pro- i'm just hammering you i know i know this is like an seem, interrogation like. because you seem like too good okay it seems uh, too good so I, i'm trying to help everybody listening go this it, guy's got a dark side no. and it's not always easy and i work hard at this uh yeah of course so. i mean like it is kind of hard work but you know dude some people have uh some people have marriages that that just work because we're also really good friends i'm interrupting this important conversation that you probably just started getting into with a big announcement during the month of november and the beginning of december 2019 i need your help and this is all hands on deck I've created a daily journal designed to help dads like you and I stay focused on being the engaged and intentional fathers we desire to be. Do you ever feel like I do sometimes, like you're not cutting it, you're not hitting the mark as a father? Well, my hope is that this journal would be one tool that could help you get there. But it will not come to market unless it is funded. We are doing this through a crowdfunding website where it's all or nothing. So please go to our Instagram or Facebook at Rebel and Create and follow links to our Kickstarter campaign for the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. Or you can go to kickstarter.com and in the search put in Fatherhood Legacy Journal or Rebel and Create Fatherhood Legacy Journal and it'll pop up and we need your help. So please buy a journal for yourself, for a friend, or for a dad that you know. We would so appreciate it because we believe fatherhood matters and we're doing all we can to spread the word and create tools that will help support dads everywhere. And now back to that important conversation you were just getting into. And um, I have I have a lot of friends who have really can, you know, have difficult marriages. Okay, let me ask and this though. My wife and I don't have one of those. But why? So is it just that some people get lucky or is that... Or is it that you have intentionally focused in on making your marriage a priority? Uh, well, so yes and yes. Uh, you know, because like, I, I think that f- for the most part, this is going to sound weird. Hmm. I love my wife. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I love my wife. Sure. And we are tight. We are homies. We are laugh together. We have fun. It's freaking hard, but we have right. a good time. Yes. But like you are saying, we are intentional about it. Right. The thing I was going to say is almost hard to say is I don't want to say I could be married to anyone, but I feel as though yeah. there's the grass is never greener and there's going to be you take two people and there's stuff. And so I do, unless somebody's toxic and hurtful and not, let's just say this, if the other right. partner's not willing, really not willing to. Right be a friend to you like, yeah and which means a lot right that means it's not just about me it's about us i'm willing to right. make sacrifices then i think okay maybe it's not going to work but um anyways my point in saying that was i think that there isn't just this some marriages work and some don't i think that it's about your intention and, oh and sure. i think that i was kind of obviously like grilling you harshly yeah looking for like a practical thing 
So I have I have the thing for okay. you. And 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 I, I hate to be so simple because again, marriage is complicated. It's not easy. But but I genuinely I genuinely believe with all of my heart that my wife is is out for my best interest. Right? Like she is a hundred percent in my corner. And that makes me feel like a million bucks uh, most days. It makes me want to give that back big time. So, so like, let's just sit on that, dude. It, that's it, the stat is simple. Oh, it's so, it sim- but it's so, so true. hard to do. Yeah. Because you are really putting yourself in a vulnerable position. If you really 100% believe right. it. Yeah. And act in that belief. You know, like a, a great example is like every time I've applied for a new job. Okay. You know, she'll say to me like, but Josh, you love your job. Right, because I've loved many jobs. I'm I'm pretty easy to please on most days, right? And and like I I can recall like we've had a dozen con not a dozen conversations, you know, like a few conversations over the years about where I've been in a job that I really enjoyed, but I want to take the next step and I want to move forward in my career, right? So so I I apply for this other job and she'll say, Josh, but you love that job, and I'm like, you know, I know, but you know, I don't want to get stuck. I want to keep moving forward. And after we have that conversation, even if like she's in a place where she's like, I'm not so sure if this is right for you. She, I mean, she's told me, she's like, I don't think this is right for you in, on a couple of, in a couple of scenarios. Yeah. And uh, even in, in that, even in that instance, she still says like, but I know you got to do it. So I'm behind you 100%. Mm. And, and, and like, she's not just like behind me, like. Uh, you can do this. And then when you fail, there's going to be like a time for I told you so kind right. of thing. Right. Or if it doesn't work out, I'm going to point out that like, hey, I mentioned this. Dude, she is 100% on board. And and in a couple of circumstances where it hasn't worked out, she's like, well, let's just figure it out together. Wasn't the right call. Let's just move on. And And so like, I really mean when I say that, that I, I feel every day that she's genuinely in my corner. Like she wants my best. She wants me to succeed. And and I want the same for her. So man, that gives you a, a tremendous amount of confidence when you when you really know someone has, has genuinely got your back. Yeah. Um, so so that's how I would best describe it. I, I, I feel like that is the you know, that's the secret sauce. And Everything else flows from that. I mean, we have a really good friendship and relationship as as a result of that. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you something. One I'm really proud of. Yeah. So, what if right now things were a little rocky, marriage is a little rocky, and you both hadn't really been that person? Yeah. You know where you're totally in their corner. Do you think if you changed it up and you said, you know what, I'm gonna die to myself and I'm just gonna be in her corner, and I'm just gonna be there no matter what? Yeah. Do you think that eventually her heart would go? Because you said in the beginning, she makes you feel like she's in your corner, so you want to give that back. Oh yeah. Do you think that over time, when somebody sees that, they would then come I, around? I, you know, I would hope so. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's like, you know, I, I think that's, um, yeah. I mean, I would hope so, but. You know, people can be weird sometimes, you yeah, know, I people mean, are, people, life is messy. People are weird. Right. People can be really weird. And, and, 
you know, more unfortunately, and, and I'm in this camp too sometimes, is they can be selfish, right? They that's can be the selfish thing. and self-centered. I think that's and, the one thing is the selfishness. Yeah. But dude, it's hard not to be selfish. Dude, have you ever noticed, and this is not a knock on people who have gone through a divorce because it's a tough thing, but every divorce couple I've ever met, there is so much ongoing bitterness, right? And 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 when you ask them about some of these things that led to the divorce, I'm like, how many of those things are, are sort of rooted in selfish behavior, right? Uh, I mean, a ton. And it's like thinking about you and your thing and what you would like to, you know, you would like to do what you're not getting in yeah. the relationship or whatever. However, it ended in divorce. And then, and then afterwards, like that, because it's always a two way street. I mean, you know, two people get married, two people get divorced. Right. Right. And, and like, I, I saw this with my own parents, right. Where, um, and I'm sure that they'll, listen to y'all you know, they'll, they'll listen to this and you know i love my parents tremendously they're amazing when they got divorced they they both went nuts they both lost their minds right and and like both of them were very selfish in in different ways right after, how old were you when after they the got divorce. divorced uh 12 i think it was 12 but i could see like the i could see how they were reacting in this situation like yeah. once they decided to end it like all of those things that they wanted to be even more selfish about, they they did yeah. for a time, and of course, you know they they grew up a little bit and and they got better and 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 you know we're all good now. And I think a lot of people who are divorced kind of go through that that thing, right. right? But yeah, it's just amazing the level of of you know it starts in selfishness, sort of ends there too, and so um, you know I think that's. It's good to think on that for our own marriages. Is like, this is yeah, kind of how where am it I being selfish? Yeah, yeah, because that's just the root of the it all spinning out. Right. Okay. So a couple of things about you, and then I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, how many kids do you have? I have three kids. And uh, how old are they? Uh, so my oldest daughter is her name's Trinity, and she's 13. Um, my my youngest daughter McKenna is 10, and my son Gabe is uh, seven years old. Gabe is a stud <laughs> he yeah we were at some event recently and this little short man walks up to me <laughs> sticks his hand out at me and says hi i'm gabe you've been to my house before or something <laughs> like that. yeah that sounds like something but he do. said he also said mr shout yeah that's so a big thing he for us. stuck his hand out hey mr shout you've been at my house before and i'm like <laughs> Who is this kid? Yeah. Shook his hand. Good grip. Looked me in the eyes. Seven years old. It's good. Been working on that with my kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, like we've, we do this a lot with our kids. Um, in, in our community, there's a lot of folks who do this same thing. Um, I don't want to say it's a peer pressure thing, but it's something that we saw other folks doing. It rubbed off on us. Mm. Right. So it's, you know, we want our kids to um, not only be respectful to us, Remember, I talked about our three rules, right? Respect is one of them, right? Okay, so we'll, no let's disrespect. wait. We'll do the rest in a yeah, bit. Yeah, we'll hit that. But respect is a big thing for me. Okay. It's huge. And it's it's big in our household. And um, and I think there's something very respectful about, you know, going up to someone who's an adult and saying, hello, Mr. Shout, for instance. And, um, you know, I, I think it says, I think it says like, hey, I'm, 
you know, I'm, I'm young, right? So right. Um, you're an adult. Uh, there should be a, at least a, a certain level of respect uh, unless unless you don't deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice. You let your kids still say that to me. Yeah. <laughs> or do you not catch no, them in I, time? <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry. I, they should have been calling you Ned the whole time. <laughs> um, okay, so three kids, uh, seven to 13, um, married 15 years, and... You're in insurance for for work, yeah. Okay, yeah, which is which is great because it. I mean, I actually really do like we get to work together, which is super fun, um, and we get to work with a lot of interesting yep. people. But it's you know, like a job is a job, yeah. Right? At like, the end of the day, work is work. If we're salespeople, I could, you know, if, if for some reason something happens and there's there's no more health insurance market, yeah, then we just we're salespeople. We're just go sell something else. else. Yeah. What would you sell? What would you prefer to sell? You can oh, sell anything okay. you want. What are you gonna sell? Honestly, and my wife will laugh about this, but Traeger, Traeger <laughs> smokers. Okay. Have you ever heard me talk about Traeger smokers? Yes, I have. I love. I I don't know what it is, but I just I absolutely love a, my smoker. <laughs> Do you think it would ruin it for you selling them? No. Are you kidding me? Because I use the thing all the time. I'd be like, look at all these things that it does. Like, do you want to make your own beef jerky? <laughs> right. Like. Do you want to smoke a brisket? Let me show you how. You kind of it'd be part of the sales process. You could almost go for a Ron Swanson look. I feel like. Um, I don't have the mustache, man. No, you can't grow that mustache out. It 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 can grow out, but just he's got a he's got a thick, manly, well groomed mustache. I I I can't get there. Yeah, he is pretty manly. Mine's a mine's a thin, like I don't know, like dictator mustache. (laughs) (laughs) So, in a couple sentences, what has been the best resource to you as a father? Uh, well, so that's hundred percent easy for me. Um, and I would say this has been our best resource as a family and that's implementing the three rules in our house. Um, so do you want to talk about that right now? Did you want me to talk about that Larry? Well, when you say resource, what do you mean? Cause that, cause well, when you, I think about you become it, a father, how do you freaking figure it out? There's no manual. Oh, oh okay. Oh, well, um, I think I have some good examples to draw from. I mean, um, I think my my dad is a great dad, right? I what love made my him dad. a great dad. Um, you know, one of the things that you know, I think one of the best things about my dad was um, he he really I think modeled hard work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think you know the the cool things that he did, you know, he had to work a lot when we were kids, but, um, he would take us on things like these random trips, these random road trips. And we were pretty, uh, we didn't have a lot, you know, as, as kids, like I kind of grew up poor. I mean, kind of hate to say that, but we were like, let's just say lower middle class. Right. And, um, but he would take us on these road trips and, um, and, you know, a couple times where you just like throw us in the car and we just go somewhere. Now, and it, you and your brother? It, me and my brother. I have an older sister as well. And your sister. And yeah. was it just your dad or was it your mom there too? Uh, so or it depended on the time. It, it depended on the okay. time. Um, so tell me one of those road trips. Where'd you go and why did it matter? Oh, man. Well, I it, one of the best road trips that we ever went on was me and my dad and my brother. Okay. And... It, what's interesting is that, like, you know, my dad might not count this as a great road trip only because I think he would, but 
it was right after he and my mom got divorced. Okay. Right. So you're 12. But I'm like 12, 13, right in that area. And so we're driving to uh, New Mexico. And uh, we're driving there because uh, we're going to we're gonna give like our dog to my Aunt Lori who could take the dog because we're going through some turmoil and stuff like that. So I know this doesn't is not sounding like a great road trip. But one of the things that sticks out to me most in that trip, first of all, we were just, we had a really good time. We stopped by that, you know, that like giant meteor crater in Arizona. Yeah. Okay. It's just like this giant hole in the ground. I don't know why I remember that. It's not really that interesting. It's just this huge canyon of a hole that a meteor made at, at some point in history. And, um, but on that trip, my brother and I begged my dad. Because he used to like to smoke Swisher Sweets cigars. You know okay, those ones, yeah. right? And so we begged my dad. We're like, Dad, can we smoke one? Right? And you're 12 or 13 and your brother's like 15 or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, okay. Now, um, so he buys a whole pack of like of Swisher Sweets. And he's like, now he told us this later. But in his mind, he's like, they're going to smoke these things. And they're just going to start yuking all over the place. And just right? hate it. Yeah. And, and that was his objective. Yeah. Right? Okay. Like get them to throw up. Right. Well, my brother and I light those things up and we're just puffing our way to New Mexico. Are you smoking them in the car? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And it, it totally backfired on him. <laughs> and it, it completely backfired. And, and, you know, it was so, I remember at one point, because we had one of those old minivans that, you know, the windows didn't roll down. Yeah. And it was only the one side door that would slide open. So I'm sitting in the back. So I have to dump my ash <laughs> out my brother's window because he's in the front seat. And like in one instance on that trip, I dump the ash out the window and the ash flies back and it goes down his shirt. Your brother? Yes. And it burns his back. And you know, he's so angry about it. Um, so, you know, as, as, you know, as, as a bummer of the circumstances were for that trip. Dude, it was uh, perfect timing. We had a great time. And we had a great time just being together. And you know, that that is always that's always left a mark on me, mm. right? Like how powerful is it to to just just be together and doing yeah. stuff? And like think about the times, like I can think about times where I've taken my kids, for instance, to um, you know, just like on we've gone on a family trip, right? And then I've spent all this money on something, right? Whatever that is. Totally. And then, you know, for instance, like we went, we did a Monterey trip, right? And then, so we went to the Monterey Bay Aquarium and we spent, it's, it's crazy expensive to get in. Yeah, it's like 30 bucks a person, right? So we go in there, we spend all this money and we have a nice day. Don't get me wrong. But then at the end of the day, we went to San Carlos Beach, which is right there. And we spent two hours on the beach just hanging out. And that was the best time we had. That's what they remember. Yeah. Right? That was the best time. And so that's, you know, it's, it's exactly like hanging out with my dad and just we're just being together mm. right just just doing our thing hanging out spending time together so so those trips stick in my mind that particular trip um as a great example i i do that with my kids every year smoke cigars with them exactly smoke <laughs> cigars. no take them on a trip i take them on a trip uh, because it's important like i you know in my mind uh I only have so many years to have like this big influence in their life, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And right now, what's awesome is that they still think I'm I'm awesome, right? They still think I'm kind of cool. Give them time. I know it's only it's very. <laughs> no, they will think you're awesome. You're a great dad, man. You're engaged. Oh. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate you saying that, but like, eventually they're gonna have 
you know, my oldest daughter, she's 13. She's already got competing priorities. Totally, right? yeah. And and so I have this limited amount of time, and so I want to use it as best as I can. And so, you know, I'm doing what my dad did with us, and let's take us on some trips. The other thing is, is that like when I was a kid, like my mom's a great example too, because because when I was a kid, like in playing baseball, you know who's screaming the loudest? Like when I would strike out, is <laughs> my mom, right? My mom would be in there rooting hard for me and and for my brother, and she was the team mom a lot. She did, you know, she was like actively participating. So as a as a as a dad and a particularly a dad but as a husband too also by the way seeing like some of the negative side effects of divorce um like you know i want to i want to be there with my kids i want to be present spend time um and and also i don't want to go down that road uh uh with my with my wife where we have you know selfishness and negative feelings or whatever um because i want that to be healthy over the long term, right? right? And that that again helps me be a better parent, right? Yeah, that's good stuff, dad. man. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's really good. Those are good resources. Those are good stories. And yeah. something you said stuck out to me that I heard one other person say on an, oh, I think it was Art Sanchez on another fam, another podcast. But you said to be the to, together. Just yeah. to be together. Yeah. And Art had said to be the together family. Just be the together family. Yeah. Like you don't have to be anything. Just right. be together. And I think it's really hard, especially for dads too, yeah. is when we, this Instagram world, which I love Instagram. Yeah. Right? It's fun. I hate the internet, dude. It's the worst thing. It's yeah. Ever well, okay. But, <laughs> but then we're here. We are doing a podcast. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> but you see all these competing things. Like what if we always look ahead? Okay, yeah. so I've taken my kids to Disneyland a bunch of times. Right. But I've never taken them to Hawaii. So I look at the dad who's taken his kids to Hawaii, which oh, I yeah. want to do, yeah. right? But I just haven't been able to do that yet. Yeah. And I go, dang, dude, that's rad. He's yeah. probably looking at the guy who's taken his kids to Europe or to whatever he thinks is cool. Absolutely. Right? Or snowboard. Like, oh, I wish I could snowboard or whatever. Yeah. Um. And so we're always kind of comparing ourselves and not just saying, just be together in whatever it is that you can do. Right. And be okay with that. Because like you said, like uh, I went to Monterey Bay Aquarium, spent all this money, and then my right. kids remembered us going to the beach and that right. was free. Right. Totally. You know, uh, that just reminded me of a little, like we have an ongoing joke in our family and I think it keeps us humble. But like when... Like Trinity will say, like Dad, I want to go to Hawaii. When are we going to go to Hawaii? Why can't we do this? Or Dad, can you get this for me or whatever? And I'm always like, Calm down, white privilege, okay? <laughs> and and so that's kind of a that's kind of a thing I think keeps us a little bit humble. But no, I, dude, I could not agree with that more. I always think like I've never taken my kids to Hawaii, right? Like I really want to go. Yeah, I'd really love to take them. Um, but if you really like are honest with yourself and honest about what their needs are. Um, they don't really need a whole heck of a lot. Like, yeah, going to Hawaii would be awesome. Yeah, do it if you can. Right. Uh, there's and eventually we will go. Mm-hmm. Or Disneyland. Like, oh my gosh, you know, I, we've taken our kids to Disneyland. They had a blast. Right. It, it's a fun place. But 
you know, just the, the act of, of being together. And, and also, by the way, there is something to like not having the pressure of being a parent and spending all this money and trying to shape, you know, or trying to make them have fun because you've spent all this money. Mm. Right. So again, I'm not knocking the experiences because uh, I want to spend a lot of my money on my kids to go scuba diving with me. Right. Okay. Like, I want to have that experience yep. with them because I, I love passionate that. of yours. Right. And I want to share that with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a lot of money, but it, it, that's that's a that's a situation in which we could participate together, and that'd be really great. But if you just think about the context where you're hanging out together, just spending time with one another, and and most of the times that are or many of the times that are just super joyful and fun, um, and I don't have a whole heck of a lot with spending a ton, right? Spending a ton of money. actual money. It's just yeah. like. We're doing this thing. We're hiking. We're just hanging out at the beach. Hanging out at uh, home. Hanging out at home. Yeah. And I think that's a hard one for dads is like, and moms, okay, yeah. is let's just, the house is always going to be a little, be a little <laughs> bit cleaner. Yeah. The, there's always a little more yard work that could be done. Right. You know, having some time set aside where it doesn't matter if there's something to do. We just don't do it. We just be together. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, can I just like on this one do topic? It. What about one of the things I love, like I can't even remember what it was the other night, but just like two nights ago, we just were in the kitchen and my daughter McKenna, who's hilarious, she's really funny. And she has, she has perfect natural timing on jokes, which is impressive to me. <laughs> um, and and we just all were sitting around the table busting up laughing. Like how great is that? So great. Right? Yeah. Like those those moments – uh, are very special to me um and that's just by because we ate dinner together right because we were having dinner we got an opportunity to make that joke and we all got to laugh at it because we're all together you know that's that's pretty having awesome. time that's carved out is pretty important yeah it's hard to do so going back to things that are simple and hard it's yeah. simple this is a simple thing right you didn't have to spend any money book any tickets drive anywhere whatever Right, but you had to figure out how to make sure that everyone could sit down for dinner at the same time, even if it's just a couple nights a week. Right, it's huge. All right, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. So this is Rebel and Create Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. Rebel yeah. and Create is a mantra for my life. It means so many things, but at yeah. its core, it's to rebel against the status quo fatherhood. Rebel against the view that either the world puts on me or I put on myself as a man sure. and then out of that create anything right create you have you have a life you have breath what are you gonna do so yeah. what's something that you're rebelling against and trying to create something out of that um so I guess it, probably a more recent example is that um I so I recently have like applied for a job with my current company, right? So kind of a upgrade, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it's promotion, right? Okay. It's a manager position. I wanted to be a manager and manage people, um, and I didn't get it. it. Came down to me and one other person, and and so so you know I had to deal with the the thing like you know I I think a lot of us as men struggle with like I don't I don't like to lose. Heck no. I I'm in sales because I enjoy winning, right? Um, cause sales is awesome. It, it like triggers all of my like dopamine, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, yeah that's like, I, that's why I love sales. Right. So, 
So I don't like to lose. So, so, uh, and I lost on this round and you know, it's funny is because like my, my would be boss called me and said, you know, came to you down to you and one other person and you did great. And, and this other guy did better, <laughs> you know, and it was so honest and I was like, okay, I appreciate that. But what, so after I've sort of waded through the disappointment of, of not getting it, because I really had it in my mind, you know, I was focused on, I got this, this, I got this. you know, I'm, this is happening. I'm going to, I'm going to be focused on it. And so after I waded through all that, you know, what has been the best thing is to realize that like the real practical stuff that comes with that sort of position, um, would have taken away a lot of my, a lot of things that I love and enjoy right now. It would have made them uh, exponentially more difficult. For instance, like I'm an assistant coach on my son's soccer team right now. Uh, the The sales manager and the the sales manager at, at my company is on conference calls constantly from like 80, 8 a.m. to like 5 p.m., right? Or 5.30 p.m. And, and so my son's practice starts at 4.15. So automatically that's going to impede on that. And then there's way more travel, right? Way more travel than I originally thought. And so, so now I'm seeing it from like an outside perspective, you know, cause you know how, when you get zeroed in on something, you're like, yeah. I want this, I want mm-hmm. this, I want this. So so now that I'm looking at it from like outside perspective, and it's not sour grapes, right? Like, yeah, it still stings. I don't like, again, I don't like to lose. Okay. But, okay. but when I think about the outcome of this, I'm like, wow, you know what? I'm really thankful because one of the things that I prize most about what I get to do right now, even though it's an insurance, is that I have a lot of freedom, right? I have a lot of freedom. I can do things that that I, that I you know, want to do at, 415 on a Tuesday and a Thursday, right? And that's go kid coach my kid's soccer team. Um, or be more present for my family. Or not be afraid to take a vacation, right? Um, or take a Friday and a Monday off here and there. Um and and if I had if I had gotten this role, it would have made that actually much more difficult. So so the reason I say all this is because I think it's such a tendency, and I've been I've been working this out in my own mind, right? Okay. That one of the things that I constantly am telling myself is that I only have so many earning years in my life, right? Okay. I only have so many earning years, and um, so I have to do my best because I have four other people that are counting on me, right? And they're important to me. <clears throat> and so if I only have so much so much time, then I got to do everything I can and earn as much as I can in this limited amount of time. Um and and so so that's been my focus for a very long time. And so as I've come out of this, I'm like I I I earn a, a better than decent living. Uh my family's really happy right now. I'm able to spend a, a tremendous amount of time, even in our busiest time of year, I still have plenty of time to spend with my family. Um, and and so so in, in struggling with wanting to do my best and 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 
pr- pursue career goals. Um, I think the the rebel part is like, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to sacrifice my family on the altar of, of, you know, success. You know what I mean? Like more and more success or yeah. achieving more and more. What I mean, do I don't have to do that? Um, uh, because like, w- there's something about. I guess what all that to say is so there's something about being satisfied with what you have and what, with what God is giving you essentially. Right. Yep. Um, and which is plenty and it allows you so much flexibility to be able to be present and be home and in, and invest in these people who need you. Right. And so, so that's, that's, that's good. That's the stuff that like I've been really thinking about and working through, um, easy, even as I'm working through through disappointment. Yeah. Right? So would you say that you are going as far as to say that if A, that job came up in the next two, three years, would you pass it by for now? And or are you putting the moving up the ladder, success, whatever, yeah. on hold for a few years? It, it, that's a good question. And like, um, I think you know it's hard to know you know what it means in in 3 years but i do know what it means right now and at least at least for now and it and probably i could say for the next couple of years it, it's just going to mean like just you know you you have a great you, you know you're in a really good position like it's okay to be satisfied it's you know really I mean? hard as a man or woman to but this is a fatherhood podcast so why censor it? Yeah, exactly, bro. Uh, Fathers. When you spend, women have a lot of their own things. By the way, there's ten thousand podcasts for women. <laughs> let's let's keep one for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so you spend, let's say, thirty, forty hours a week in this space other than home. Yeah, it's probably a majority of the week, right? Sure. So there's definitely this pull to be the best, right? To grow. To not just status quo, you know, uh, but to keep the perspective of, well, there's this other thing that's over here that's actually way more important than this. Right. Yes, I'm there less because I, we have jobs. Sure. Yeah. So just keeping that perspective is tough to do. Uh, it is. Well, and again, you know, we're sales guys, right? So we're in sales. So we want to go out and get there, you know get sales, achieve more. You know, when we put that in perspective, right? If I think about, you know, being satisfied in my current, you know, current gig, uh, there's a lot that I could accomplish currently, right? So if, if it's a matter of achieving more and earning more, well, then there I still have plenty to do and I don't have to change my job and I don't have to disrupt the quality of life that we have. You know what I mean? So I think it's just putting in that perspective of, um, I agree with you 100%. It's hard to do because I, I have a constant pull of like, I need to do more. I need to do better. I need to earn while I can. And that that's, uh, I think those will, those will be things that I, I hear all the time. But I think there's a lot to be said about being satisfied and content. And I think that reflects really positively on your family and your kids um 
just again, because that can I be more a more present dad in the role that I'm in? Can I be a more present husband yes. in my spot right now? And the answer is yes. Yeah. And I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't ask the question before. I love like, it. that clearly. Oh yeah. So I think flip the question to the house, right. the home, yeah. the family, not right. the work. Right. Oof. How would our world look ten years from now if all of us men did that? Right. Like it's a big question. Different. Yeah. It would look different, man. Yeah. I agree. And it's not that hard to do. And I'll bet you this, there's way less disappointment because you put that same focus and energy into your family versus let's just use your example as you did into getting that job. Right. You didn't get the job. There was right. other people competing for it. Right. There's nobody else competing for your family that's right. going to get it. You know, in the sense of, I mean, maybe there is, maybe the neighbor's jockeying for your wife. <laughs> if there is, then I'm going to kick his ass. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Is like, if you put that same, and that's, dude, that's my heart, man, is I, for so long, wanted success outside of my home. Yeah. And I still think it's good to go for that. But yes. that can't be my legacy. That can't be the thing that makes me feel like a man when I fall asleep at night. Right. That's just a thing. Right. I'm doing this other thing, my children, my spouse. Those are the things that when I fall asleep at night, I gave them some of my best energy time. Right. Life. Right. Like, do you ever feel like, I, I don't know. I, um, you know, there's sometimes where, where like, you know, I'm just like really tired at the end of the day, whatever, having mentally exhausted because, you know, our job is not physically exhausting. <laughs> we're not, we're not digging, we're not digging holes. No. Um, but so like I'm mentally exhausted at the end of the day and I just, I don't want to do anything. Right. And whatever. And my son is like, dad, like, let's go kick around a soccer ball. Like that legit happens all the time. And you know, embarrassingly, there's times where I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to, buddy. Right. Like, you know, and, um, and if I were just to like take, you know, as I, when I think about that, by the way, when I think back on those things, when the times that I've said no, <laughs> I feel like, dude, what, why do you say no? Like how much energy does it take to go kick around a soccer ball with a seven-year-old? It takes almost zero. One, right? I feel you because as, after this no, I feel like a bigger asshole than if I would have just so... went and played it and felt tired. It, exactly. And it's like if I think back of my day, right? I gave some whoever some of my energy, right? Who I maybe don't like, or <laughs> exactly. who's maybe gonna say no to me at buying a product from me, right? Yeah. And I gave them my best energy, not this human that I made who wants to just kick a freaking soccer ball with me. And it, you know, and it's such a like, and isn't that like if you're tired and then you go out and you do like physically exert yourself playing soccer, right? Like you get out there, you're really, you're really getting in there. Like that actually feels good. Yeah, you feel better. Yeah. Like it feels good in so many different ways. So anyway, I always feel like a big old schmuck when I say no to that and then I feel guilty. And, um, uh, but, you know, I don't know. Sometimes think, laziness overcomes me. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you this. If you do, sometimes it's okay. Like, sometimes no, you I know. say no. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, a reminder to all of us just to say yes. Like, just say yes and do it. Right. And maybe say no more at work. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, sorry, I can't. Sorry, you, no. One of the things that, like, and and I don't want to put my wife in a bad light at all because she's, she's awesome. But... We have this, we, it's kind of like a joke that like, 
you know, I'm a yes dad and, and she's sort of a no mom. But yeah. we, re- we really come at things from two different, not two different perspectives, but kind of like two different angles. Like I'm often, I often, my, my inclination is to say yes. Like, are they going to get hurt or injured or whatever? No. Okay. The answer is yes. You just go do it. Right. Like I'm much more permissive. Whereas my wife is always, uh, so I'm always looking for, for an, a way to say yes. My wife is always looking for a way to say no. Right. And, and it's actually probably a kind of a good balance, balance. Yeah. Because I would probably say yes to more things and she'd probably say no to more things. And so we talk about that. She's like, like sometimes I'll say yes to something and she's like, uh, why are you saying yes to that? Like, you know, for this and this and this reason. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, that's, yeah. this is something I need to say no to. And then times where she'll say no to something, but she's like, you know, gut reaction, like now. And I'll go, well, hold on. Why, why are you saying no? Like, what is it you're worried about in this situation? And then she'll go, yeah, you know, maybe I shouldn't say no. You know, so it's a good balance. Yeah, it's a good balance. I think this could be my own experience. I think it's because the moms have been asked so many damn <laughs> questions totally true. all yeah. day, you know, and then I walk through the door and I'm like, sure, <laughs> yes, whatever. You want a new skateboard? Yeah, you want Let's new shoes? Go- yeah. She's like, man, I've been asked a hundred questions today. <laughs> Everything's no. I don't care what you're asking. <laughs> that was that like, um, like in Freakonomics, they talk about how if you're up for parole, right, uh, that you're more likely to get a yes in the morning than you are if you're like the last appointment of the day. Um, because they're just so tired of having to make decisions that they go to their default, which is no. And so I think that's actually a really good explanation. I think that in our business then, we should only work till noon because okay. yes, scientifically – Right. More yeses in the morning. Exactly. Makes sense. Right. So whenever you're trying to go after a new client, it's always before 11 Between 9 and 11. (laughs) And then the rest of the day, you just don't need to do anything. I need a rest for tomorrow. (laughs) Um, All right. So, dude, we've talked about a lot of good stuff. Yeah. We both clearly, we just start talking about fatherhood and marriage and all that stuff. And we could just talk forever because... It matters to us. Yes. Um, but you have shared that there's three simple rules in your house. Oh, yeah. And yes. I, you know, my my initial view of society yeah. would be that in a home, more moms are kind of the go-to, more moms are kind of the lead. Sure. Setting the tone. You know, and the hope is that men are not just laying the hammer down, but they are engaged in the stability, tone, vibe, feeling of the house. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I think that we just haven't really stopped to think what's important to us. Sure. So what are the rules that you have in your house and why? So, okay. So there's three rules and we, and we learned these from uh, a, a pastor. We heard this, we heard this presentation or we heard a sermon, right? And it was part of a series on raising children. And, um, and by the way, this was at a time early on in uh, my marriage to Melissa where we had, I think only my oldest daughter was born, right? Okay. And, um, you know, like in from like 
14 months to three years old, I mean, that kid was like a nightmare. <laughs> like, she was both wonderful and she's like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, right? And so, you know, we, we're, we were struggling in a lot of ways in parenting. And we were, I mean, we were really feeling like we were not succeeding, mm. right? And so anyway, so uh, a really good uh, mentor um, of my wife's, her, her aunt Cheryl, gave us this disc series from this guy, Doug Wilson. And in this particular, I think the series is called Loving Little Ones, right? And in this particular series, he talks about how um, having simple rules that are sort of the guiding rules in your house uh, makes it easier for everyone. It makes it easier for the kids because, you know, uh, they don't have to worry about trying to figure out 10,000 different rules. Like what should they do? What should they not do? And it makes it easier for adults because then you can then you can enforce three rules 100% of the time, right? So uh, the three rules, just to go over them again, is no disrespect, uh, no disobedience, no lying, right? Those are the three things. And really, they're, they're sort of a catch-all. They catch everything in-house. Yeah. In but what's great about it is just its simplicity, right? Um, it helps us as, as parents, right, say – you know, in this situation, you are being disobedient. Or in this in this situation, you are being disrespectful. Or you're lying and, and you know that's not allowed. Right. And we can just say that one thing. And we can enforce that one thing. And our kids, they know that, you know, all of these different categories of things sort of fall under those, those, those three, three topics. Those three overarching rules. Right. So the goal is simplicity. Um, the goal is to be able to, yeah, I hate to use the word enforce, but like enforce those rules a hundred percent of the time or as consistently as possible. Um, and, and the way he described it really made a lot of sense to us. So he described it as, um, if you have a thousand rules, you're going to, you're going to only be able to execute on, you know, um, enforcing those rules like 60%, 70% of the time. And it sends a mixed message, Right. And that made a ton of sense to my wife and I. Um, and so we implemented that in our house right away, right? And so it's, it's and you know, when I say like, we want to have these, we want to have these rules because like, we know, we know that with boundaries, right? With appropriate boundaries and, and, and guardrails that our kids thrive, right? They do better with some guardrails, with with a knowledge that like I can go this far, but I can't go any further. Um, and it, like a great example, and this is an easy one, right? Like respect in my house is a huge deal to me. Yeah. It sounds like right? that's kind of the, the overarching value in your yeah. home, if which there, is you've chose, which is cool. Right. So if there was like, if, if we were to order these, you know, dis, you know, disrespect would be like my number one thing. Yeah. I just, I cannot tolerate my house. And like, as far as dads go, I mean, I don't know. I see other dads, but like, I'm pretty laid back dad. Yeah. But if one of my kids is disrespectful to my wife, like if you want to see me lose my mind, that's, that's the one where being disrespectful to mom or to me is, is absolutely so, unacceptable. Okay. So this is a big one. Okay. Yeah. So this is cool. 
So let me ask on this. Do you have an example without giving a name of your kid? Oh, yeah. Of them yeah. disrespecting your wife? And how, what was your response? Your, what was your, was it immediate? Was it later? Was it she called you and told you or you saw it? Yeah, there's, there's like a mixed bag to this, right? So, okay, well, just give me, give me, yeah. like, what is a response right now if you disrespect your, your, if one of your kids disrespects your wife? What's an immediate it, so, response? It, it depends on the age, right? Okay. It depends yeah. on the age. So, so like, um, you know, we just dealt with an issue. I mean, like literally last night. Cool. Right. Where we're, you know, we're asking one of our kids to, to do something and they don't like it. They don't want it. They don't want to do it. So, the, you know, their response, I'm just going to say, it cause I don't, I, I hate talking in pronouns. This is like my daughter McKenna. Right. So like last night, my daughter McKenna is, she doesn't like what Melissa has to say. And so, so, so she immediately, like, kind of like in the moment, you know, throws sort of like a fit, turns around, stomps up the stairs, right? And like, sounds like a typical kid move. Totally, it's totally typical kid move. That that violates the disrespect rule, though, okay? Because the thing is that what what her mom was asking, what my wife was asking, was not unreasonable. She didn't like it at the time, so instead of responding like a young lady. She responded in disrespect, right? So the the response was like, I went upstairs. So so at that point, like instead of my, so where were you when this happened? I was at, also at the kitchen table. Okay. So like if I'm at one side of the kitchen table, my wife's at the okay. other side of the kitchen table. She's asking to do talking something. To McKenna. She says no. She stomps right. up the stairs. What do you do? Right. So Melissa and I have a quick conversation about it, and we say, you know what, it's, it, we're gonna have to deal with this. Now let me ask right? this. Does Melissa look at you and give you the look like, "What are you going to no. do something?" Or no. are you already engaged in something needs to be happening? Uh, well, so I don't want to say a flat out no. In in other scenarios in which this has happened, Melissa will absolutely turn to me and say, "I'm so angry right now because it, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not picking on McKenna, right? This yeah, happens these with are, all of this us. This is kids. what people do, the humans. Right. We're talking about raising humans here, right? Because if you just rewind a couple of days before." Trinity has done the same thing. Of course. And she's, yes. she's a teenager. And if you rewind a couple days before that, Gabe has been in the same boat, right? So, so, so my initial question to you is this. Yeah. Are you engaged, not in the conversation they're having, or are you engaged, are, are you engaged in that your wife is being disrespected or does your wife have to ask you no. to step in? No. When it comes to disrespect, she does not have to ask. Okay. To step so I in. think that that's important key yeah. that you've already decided yeah. that that's an important thing in my house. And we've already pointed out that you're a laid back guy. So it's not this, right. I need to feel like a man. So everybody's going to listen to me. Right. Right. So it's that yeah. you have decided that there's a value that's important to you right. and that you're going to be engaged in what's happening to implement that that is known to everyone. Right. Okay. Proceed. Yeah. So anyway, so from there, you know, we, we talk about it real quick. You know, we have a conversation like McKenna's stomped herself up okay. the stairs. So the two of us are talking and Melissa's like, Melissa is like reluctantly like, oh, you know, I'm going to go take care of this. I'm like, no, 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 no. This is a situation I need to take care of. Right. And especially in a, like, there's been many times where like my daughter Trinity has spoken to me very disrespectfully. Right. And my wife will jump in and be like, you're not allowed to talk to your dad like that. Okay. 
So it's kind of the opposite parent have the other parents back. Right, because it's kind of pointing out like, hey, like I'm a third party in this, but the way you treated this person that we love, that we mutually love, is not acceptable, right? Like you went too far. And I think it goes back to that beginning statement that you made. Right. When I was hammering you about giving me a practical example of how your wife is a priority right. over the kids. Yeah. I think this is a great example. So I think sometimes people could take the kid's side over the parent, oh, which yeah. is going to just destroy the marriage relationship. Dude, they like the, they, as in like the, the kids in your family, man, they will destroy any chink in your armor, right? Like if you guys are, you know, if you're not on the same team, they'll find it. Yeah, like they'll find the weakness. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, Those sick bastards. I know this. <laughs> they just like are programmed to find the weakness. Okay, and so, so so you yeah. go upstairs and you talk to your yeah. So we have eleven, ten. Yeah, she's ten. Okay, and right. yeah, so we have a conversation about it. In like, how's that go? Break it down. Well, first of all, she's up. She's upset. So do you? I can imagine you stomp up the stairs. You throw open the door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, none so, of that happens. So one of the things that we we often talk about is like, you know, we try to cover for each other, Melissa and I. Okay. We don't want to um, discipline our kids in anger, mm. right? So whatever that discipline may be for that particular occasion, we don't want to be angry people doing it, right? We want to do it in the context of of love. So whether that's you know, talking to or otherwise, right? Like it's in the context of, look, I love you. What you're doing right now is disobedient. And, you know, I'm a Christian, so I'm like, this is sinful, right? So like, this is not the appropriate way to respond to this. So that's, this is exactly the conversation I had with McKenna. I said, you know, your mom. So just hang on. Yeah. So do you walk up into her room? Yes. Where is she? Uh, yeah. I mean, like in my bedroom at this point. Yeah. Okay. So did yeah. you bring her into your bedroom? Yes. Why? Um, because that's that's where we needed to have the conversation. Okay. So yeah. you go to her room. You say, come with me to my room. Yeah. She was upstairs like already in the bathroom. Like she, because her mom had asked her to go take a shower and she okay. didn't really want to. So, so she was already there. So I just want to break this down. So you walk into your room. Are you sitting? Yeah. Are you standing? Is she sitting? Standing what? Um, I'm stand or I'm sitting. She's standing. Okay. Yeah. Go on. So, so we start out this whole thing with, first of all, she's crying. She's upset. She didn't like what her mom had to say. She also doesn't like the fact that like I'm confronting her about it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like what's going on. And, and I get it right. You know, nobody wants to be confronted. So we start having a conversation about like, Hey, you know what happened down there? You know, did you did you realize that like, you know, the way you respond to that was super disrespectful? Do you understand that? Like, let's walk through it. And so we talk through the situation, right? So before we head head into any type of like discipline or punishment or whatever, we talk about like what led up to this. Did you have an out? Which she absolutely did, right? Like my wife gave her so many opportunities to in that in that short amount of time to bail out of this bad attitude and this disrespectfulness and move into like, I'm sorry, mom, I get it. I'll, I'll go up and take a shower. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was really like over a shower, right? right. Which is the absurdity of these things. Mm-hmm. But it, the point is not 
whether or not she goes and takes a shower immediately. The point is how she responds to when we when we ask her to do something. Community, right? Yeah. And and you know that's it, like and I always relate this to my kids. Like if I'm at work and my boss asks me to do something, right? If my boss is requiring me to do something, or for instance, like if you have a customer that's requiring you to do something, and you go, eh, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You either lose your customer, right? Or it it you know puts you in jeopardy in your right. job, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just like practical. And so, you know, some of the things that we're teaching are are valuable in life beyond living in this house. And like I try oh, to communicate yeah. that often, like, hey, like if you're if if you act like this and are disrespectful to people who have authority over you um, in your professional life, it's going to go bad for you. And it, it means you may be out of a job, right? Or some some derivation thereof. So that's what we try to communicate, right? And and again, it's in a loving context. Yeah. It's got to be a loving so, context. Uh, oh my gosh, yes. I love it. Now, what time at night did this happen? Yeah, it was probably 7.30. 7.30... You worked. It was nighttime, but you didn't yeah. just let it slide. Yeah. You went up. You have a place where kind of real conversations happen. Yes. Okay. Um, which is cool because when we share, um, kind of have some deep conversations with our kids. Yeah. Like we'll go sit in our bed with them. Yeah. And we it's it just kind of has be it's just kind of the thing if it's like yeah we need to talk about something serious with you let's go sit in our room and we'll sit in our bed kind of cool yeah so I love that you go you have a spot it happens. You were sitting, she was standing, so at some, you were kind of at her level. Well, exactly. Yeah. And um, that that's exactly right, and it's intentional because, like, I want I want to be looking directly at one another. You're not lording like, over her. You're, yeah, I don't. I don't want to feel like I'm like about to clobber her, right? But like, you're you know. also not. Oh, it was okay. You probably are tired. You probably had a bad day. Some of the just. Like, come yeah, on, that's yeah. crap. Let's not do that. Right. So it's really finding the balance of that. It's like it's love, but it's not just watered down BS. Right. And it's not this just, I'm tired. I don't want to be doing this right now. So listen to your mom. Right. It's this, let me just take a breath, not be angry. Right. Take f- what five minutes. Like other than you yelling and acting like a dick, you took five <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying yeah. I haven't been the guy who's messed up and yelled at my kid. Totally. Me too. I have to. It's happened. Yeah. But to think through that and have those moments of that killer, I love it. And I think that as we talk about that as dads, it's important because you're creating so much in that five minutes, stability, right. trust, honor, respect. You're teaching this human how to live in society. Right. You're showing your wife you love her. She's yeah. a priority. Exactly. So there's like, I mean, how many different things in five minute setting just got shown to your family right and you know we had like a like with my oldest daughter Trin. you know she's a you know she's a teenager right you have a teenager mm-hmm. get it and and there's all this pull for all these you know especially when it comes around like you know having an iphone and all the all the social media stuff and like so part of their culture right right like it's young people and um you know so it's like parents were trying to you know wade our way through this phenomena that was it's totally different than the way we grew up right so you know recently like so trinity my she is like this she's a terrific student okay she gets she has all a's and she has like one b okay 
okay? And that B is in her best subject, is it's grammar, right? Like her best subject is grammar. <laughs> that should just tell you something, right? And and so my wife goes in to, like the, her school has this thing called RenWeb and it's in it and it shows what all her grades are, like if you know what assignments, blah blah. It, it gives you everything. And so we find out that she's got like ten missing assignments, right? So the way that she made it sound to us the previous night was that she was missing a few assignments, right? And so a few—that's a good word, right? <laughs> so so look, I and I'm not the kind of parent. I was a terrible student, so I have zero expectations that my any of my kids be straight A students. I want them to do their best. That's it, mm-hmm. right? So if your best is C's. And you have turned in your work and you've done your best, then I don't care. We don't have a problem, right? So for Trent, she has all A's and one B. And the B she has is just because she didn't turn in her work. And then she was, we had a long talk about this the other night, and it was that she was less than truthful about the, the turning of the work. Why the grade was what it was. It was a little like she wasn't dishonest. But she was sort of half truthful, yeah. about it, right? And so, you know, we had to have like it. it that was a really tough conversation because because what's the third rule? The third rule is well, it's no no disrespect, no disobedience, no lying, right? Okay, so it, that's so, borderline lie. It's borderline lie, borderline disrespect. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, and so so you know, together we're working through that and like. You know, we metered out a punishment, and the punishment centered around the phone, right? Because that's like one of the things you can do to destroy a teenager's life uh-huh. today is take away their phone, right? And um, and so so it was, you know, we we went there. We're like, okay, you know, you're a responsible kid. Like, there's no doubt about it. Right. You have great grades. We're proud of you. Right. But. We don't expect you to be an A student, but we do expect you to do your best, and you're not doing it now. Yeah, so I gotta. And um, that was a super hard conversation, man. Oh yeah, so I gotta share this. Um, this uh, last week, this situation with my daughter that I think is relative, and <laughs> yeah. we can, you know, uh, she's walking out the door at seven a, you know, seven a.m. for school. Yeah, sixth grader. Yeah, very artistic, very very artistic kid, and. She's holding the poster in her hand for a project she's been working on. Okay, it was a book report or something. So she's read the book. She's done all this other work. Yeah. And the poster board looked not a hundred percent. Yeah. Now I, I am. Gotcha. I am not. I. I tell my kids I want you to go to learn. I want yeah. you to go learn how to be with people and how to solve problems yeah. and do your best. Your grades will reflect where you fall on the grades for that. If totally. it's C's, it's C's. If it's A's, it's A's. Right. So, but she's walking out with this piece of work that is not her own. So I said, don't take this to school. You could do better. Yeah. Not, and not better, but you. I know you. If it was someone else, maybe I wouldn't say that. But right. you, this isn't a reflection of your work. Right. This is a turd for what you can do. Correct. Yeah, I got you. So here was the punishment. Oh, okay. okay. So we said, we'll let you take it. Yeah. If that's what you want to do, but mom and I are going to figure out a punishment for you. Because <laughs> it was like... Two minutes before school. Yeah. Like, what, what are we yeah. going to do? Right. So we decide <laughs> we're going to let her we're, or we're going to have her redo the project, just the poster yeah. board. Yeah. Redo it. You want to turn it in, turn it in. You don't, you don't. 
yeah. get a C or a B on what you turned in, but we want to see something that reflects like, not reflects that you spent 10 hours on this and made it perfect, but yeah. you spent a couple hours making it look like a reflection of, I could tell that's your poster on the wall. Right. It's like you cared about it. Yeah. So she came home that day and dude, she was not happy. But over the next two days, she spent three hours make redoing just the poster and wow. yeah. making it look good. Yeah. And I said, up to you. I think you should take it and turn it in. Tell your teacher, hey, this. But I don't care. Dude. She, she didn't turn it in. Okay. Which is fine. I didn't care. Yeah. But this is the kind of work that you reflects you. Yeah. This looks like you made this. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I wish she had turned it in. Yeah, you know I, what? I wish she had gone like because what a great like character thing. I wish she had turned it in. Yeah, I wish she would have turned it in too. But at the same time, I know that it's not going to happen again. When she yeah. turns something in, she's going to think, "Does this reflect me?" Right. You know, and not I'm not asking for perfection, man. Right. But I am saying, can I tell that you did that? So right. she wasn't happy, but <laughs> she made a piece of work right. that reflected her. You know, it's a funny thing because like. It's for us, it's a, it's a matter of like, we want you to do your best. That's it. We just, we just want you to do your best. A level of your best. Yeah. Right. Cause that's a, that's also a, a gauging thing. You know, yeah. I don't want my kid, I don't want my kids up till 10 o'clock at night doing homework. I think it's Neither BS in the first place. Yeah. Some level. Right. I want you to be able to read, solve problems, <laughs> you know, like, and do some math. Sometimes. You know, because the school my kids go to, like, you know, there's a lot of work, right? Mm-hmm. The, the It's a pretty academically rigorous school, which is is good and it's bad because sometimes they have a lot of homework, right? Yeah. But on the flip side of that, like sometimes my daughter Trinity is up late doing homework, but it's because she spent most of the time like goofing off. Yeah. Or, mm-hmm. you know, and this is a great thing about technology and social media. She's on like a group. Uh, FaceTime chat and they're all doing their homework together which is super innocent and they're laughing and having fun and then they're working through their math homework together and I'm like I don't hate that right I don't I don't hate it I actually love that I think that's great and um, but she's up till 10 o'clock at night and she's doing her homework right you know so so it's like you know on it on a on a if she were just to be if she were just to like dig in and do her work she could have it done in 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. But sometimes she chooses to take longer. And it, and it's really okay, right? In those circumstances, fine. Because, you know, she's also having fun and learning should be fun and you could do it with your friends and that's all cool. It, what what really bothers me is when I, I take grammar, you know, as the example because she just intentionally didn't do work because she knows she's going to do great on the tests, Right. Like she's got this in the oh, bag. Oh, so you're saying she's great at grammar. She's amazing at grammar. Okay, got it now. So she doesn't do the homework because she doesn't need to. She absolutely does not need to. Like when she gets into college, like and she shouldn't you just praise that as a parent? Say, I, I skip do, it, get a C. I, I do, do praise it as a parent, but I also want her to do her best. Like if I, but if, that is her best. Her best is ace in the test. No, dude, stop it, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this if you know you can go get the sale today yeah it's three o'clock yes but you could make a kick-ass presentation before the sale because it would be nice and it's your yeah. best yes but i call you and i'm like hey 
I'm grabbing some steaks for lunch, whatever. Dude. You want to go get steaks at lunch with me? Uh, or are you going to make a presentation you don't uh, need? I'm sorry. Are you going to buy shoes for my kids? Like, I'm going to make the presentation. No, no. <laughs> what if you know you'll get the sale anyways? <laughs> no. Um, Come on. You're going to lunch. I Oh, man. <laughs> wow. just screwing in, your whole parenting okay. game in right this, now. <laughs> in this scenario. In this scenario. I might go to lunch. <laughs> All right. I won't tell your daughter. <laughs> she's totally going to listen to this podcast. If she gets to the end, she's probably going to be like 30 minutes in. She's going to be like, too long, did not finish. Too long, boring. <laughs> well, bummer because she could have just got rid of having to do a bunch of homework <laughs> for her like, best subjects. No. <laughs> you know, again, to defend myself. Okay. <laughs> I'll just say that it's my expectation is not perfect grades. My expectation is that she does what that she's been asked That's, to do. Yes. Okay. That's all. That's fair. That is fair. And if as a result of doing what she's been asked to do, she gets crappy grades or she gets C's, I'm actually okay with that. Uh, okay. So I'm perfectly fine with that. Good. You so. just beat my all my pushback, so I, yeah, I can appreciate that. And you know what? If <laughs> If you want to raise your family to be a bunch of losers, it's up to you. No, they're going to be the business owners and your kids yeah. could work my kids for them. Are my... <laughs> if you can see my face right now. Stone Those cold. of you in... Josh has left, so uh, this podcast is over. <laughs> the five people who are listening to this podcast right now. If you can see my face. It's a straight face. It's an angry face. Oh my face. gosh. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Dude, any last thoughts about fatherhood man you're a great dad good husband oh. intentional and i know i pushed you at the beginning but it's i think that a lot of it doesn't necessarily even come down to like a certain action i i could put my finger on it's your perspective towards the whole situation right and in one word to be opposite of what we said the problem was which was selfishness it's to serve yeah and yeah. You're a man who's serving his family. Yeah. And there's like, you know, and I, again, I know this is, this is not a Christian podcast, right? But like, I'm a Christian man. And, and that's, so part of what drives me is, um, one is my, you know, is my relationship with God, right? Mm -hmm. And like, um, I want to, to honor him, right? Like I want to honor him. Um, and by, by, you know, loving my kids by being a good husband, um, by um, providing for my family, uh, like those things uh, allow me in in some part to to honor God, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, I want to set a good example. Like, I mean, and just practically, like, it's on a practical level. I want to set a good example for my kids, like. I want to be in for till the day I die. I want to be close to my kids. Till the day I die, I want like I want my wife and I to have like this really amazing 60th wedding anniversary. Mm. That's like, cool. I want those things. I really do. Like deep down in my heart, I want those so bad. Like I want my kids to bring their children over to to my house. And I and I and I want my grandkids to like want nothing more than to stay with grandma and grandpa. Hmm. Um, my you know like I know I talked about it, my mom models that too. Like my kids love my mom, 
right? And like we're super close with my mom. And I just want that, right? Like I want that. And it, it that just doesn't happen on accident, right? It doesn't happen on accident. Hmm. And like, and with all due respect to folks, like sometimes you just like, you have kids are difficult, right? And that happens and I get it. And, and, and as much as I can be intentional and do everything I can possible so that me and my kids and my wife are as close as possible, love one another, um, I, I do, I would do anything for that. Right. Like that's that at the end of the day, when I think about everything else, like that's what I want when I, when I'm an old man, like I'm hoping that my kids will be willing to wipe my old. <laughs> I've told them that too. I'm like, Hey, by the way, like, <laughs> just, I'm going to live with somebody someday when I'm old and, and you're probably going to have to wipe my butt. <laughs> No, but seriously, like I just I want this closeness for over the long haul, dude. I think everything you're saying is what I want, right? And I think that if you really stopped and peeled back the onion on most men, yeah, if they could sit back long enough to just evaluate life, that's I think what they want. Yeah, it's pretty. We're pretty simple creatures, right? Like. We're not that complicated. Yeah. We we want, you know, like there's other stuff that gets in the way. But, I mean, dude, when you're old, when you're an old man, do you want kids that hate you and a wife who's bitter? Right? No. Like, like, no, but I don't even know that we think that. We just yeah. kind of think that when I, one day my kids are going to move out and then I can go back to doing whatever I was doing. Right. Like, what? Yeah. You're going to not even care when you get there. This is it. Right. This is it. Yeah. Yeah, I think like um like how awesome would it be like my kids are adults, right? And like you know, there's going to be a period in there where maybe they don't they don't have kids, but they're adults and they don't they don't have kids of their own yet. And like I could rally them and we could like go someplace. Yeah, heck yeah. Like this, but we're all adults at this point. Like I could I could see that in my mind as being like the coolest thing like m- me and my wife and our three adult children and we go do something awesome together. Right? Can you picture that? Like, how great would that be? Be awesome. And and it's, it, you know, like that stuff sounds great. And that all that work happens now, all that intentionality happens now. Okay, so let's end on that. Yeah. But make that really important to remember is the pictures that you're pointing at the 85 year old man, the grandpa, the great grandpa, the the dad of adult kids who want to spend time with him and doesn't think he's a jackass. All this stuff. Yeah. Happens today. Totally. Right, right now. now. Yeah. And and um, again, finishing on that note, I'm going to go back to like thinking about, you know, thinking about like my own dad, right? You know, I, I think back on like divorce and, and, and stuff like that. And I, and I think about like what an impact that had on me at that time, right? And, and so as I move things forward and, and I, and I evaluate what's important to me what what is really going to be big and important and that is to to make sure to keep these things in focus and remember that um we're all imperfect and we're trying to make it you know but if if one thing is true it's always true is that we need each other 
Mm. Right. Like someday my kids are going to need me and someday I'm going to need them. Right. And I, and I need my wife, right? Like I, I need her help and she needs mine. And so we desperately need each other. And so it's, you know, like that, that is just so clear to me as I, as I look back on my own growing up and, and, um, and how it affects the values that I want to put into my kids. It's like, dude, we need each other yeah. desperately. Yeah. We absolutely desperately need each other. Dude. So. Josh. So fun talking about that. It's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. You're a good dad, great dad, intentional, good dude. And thank you for sharing your family, your heart, your life, your thoughts um, with all of us. Yeah. You know, I, I, I hope this like, you know, I, I, uh, I hope it, uh, I hope it helps somebody. I don't know. Yeah. You know, if somebody else, some dads are listening to this and they're like, I get that. that yeah, man, that'd be I, awesome. Heck yeah. episode and I re-listen to it, I just get so excited about the conversations that we're having around fatherhood. Fatherhood is so important to me and I know it is to you too as you're listening to this and I truly believe that if men like you and I were engaged in fatherhood that the world would look different and my hope is that these conversations would just stir this passion in each of us to be the fathers that we're called to be and that we would just be living this life full of legacy and joy and contentment as fathers and know that the adventure isn't somewhere else it's not someplace else it's not out there but the legacy the adventure is all right inside the home that you and I are building Rebel and Create is about redefining fatherhood in our world and Rebel and Create is about to launch its next project so please go on our Instagram on our Facebook follow it like it share it if there's an episode of the podcast that you like please share it it goes such a long way go write a review on iTunes about the podcast it helps spread the word about fatherhood and on November 4th we will be launching a Kickstarter campaign for the next project for Rebel and Create and I'm so excited for you to be a part of it I want to say thank you to all you dads out there listening to the Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast what you do truly matters don't be like everybody else be yourself that is who your kids spouse and community needs this is your guide ned shout together let's continue to rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood